Hackers are attacking Punkbuster. Small developers are getting tired of publishers. And the games media goes crazy over next box rumors. All that plus more on today's MASHcast. Senior editor Rob Hill Williams. Hello, constant listeners. Yes, and I'm also here with uh, Mashcast host Nick Zelenkevich. Hello, everybody. Back for a second week. We didn't fire him. See, so he did a good job the first time. I I, I didn't receive a paycheck though, so I'm I'm, I'm not sure what's going on. <laughs> I'm waiting on mine too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, welcome. This is Mashcast number 37. We're just going to hop right into it because we actually do have a bit to cover. Uh, but so, Rob, what have you been playing? Uh, actually, had a decent amount of gaming this week. Uh, Skyrim, usual. Uh, Catherine, I had gotten back into that. Uh, the rest are all things I hadn't been playing. Battlefield 3, which I had just stopped playing for like a few months, basically like after like the first month of release or so, and finally got back into it. I I love it. The, the The problem is not the game. <laughs> the problem was never the game. The problem is, you know, Battlelog being DRM and Origin being Origin. So, you know, aside from that, I guess the game's great. Um, I've been playing Final Fantasy VI, um, the PSN version, which is basically the PlayStation version, and uh, Dust Force, which I've been enjoying, um, and Dance Central 2, which really is the only thing worth playing on Connect. No, maybe not the only thing worth playing on Connect. But it's like that one game that you're like, if I'm actually going to play something on this, like that's what I'm playing. As long as you're not afraid of getting up and dancing, basically, or you're by yourself and you don't care. It's it's kind of like DDR that way, where you first time you do it, you're like, I feel like a freaking retard. And then I, after a while, you're like, okay. I never felt like a retard playing DDR. Uh, if you, okay, if you ever played, if you ever like, if your first attempt at playing DDR is like in front of a large group of people who really normally did play, like I don't know, but for me that was like, I feel fucking awkward doing this. It's really bad if you're by yourself and you feel awkward playing Dance Central. Yes, well that's all. Like uh, that's what I mean. If you're by yourself, then you shouldn't feel any kind of way. But if you feel some sort of way about it, then yeah, you've got other issues other than Dance Central. <laughs> so, but that's what I'm playing. Okay, how about you, Nick? I've been playing uh, WoW and also the Scary Girl demo on the PS3. What'd you think about that demo? Because I was I was thinking about checking it out, I just haven't had the time. Uh, it's pretty much just a basic platformer. Uh, pretty straightforward. The atmosphere is really, I think, what makes the game. Uh, felt a lot like the the Coraline movie, uh, mixed with a little bit of, uh, I guess, I want to say the cell shaded Zelda, but uh, that's only because the uh, when you kill the monsters, they disappeared in a purple poof of smoke. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you like platformers, it's got a nice atmosphere. If you, if you, I'd say give it a give it a try to uh, for that reason. You mean Wind Waker, right? Yeah, yeah. Zelda fans are gonna be calling through their speakers trying to kill you. You know that, right? Well, I what? 
Well, to be fair, Zelda fans tried to call through their speakers to kill Wind Waker when it was. I liked Wind Waker, but that's mostly because uh, when it came out, I, I, I was laid off, so I had plenty of time to play through that and get every achievement. So it was a very nice little game. Okay. I'm just saying, you got to get the names right, or else we're going to you know, have, have well, some I, complaints, death threats, like that guy on the 49ers. <laughs> well, he, sh- he shouldn't have dropped the ball. But. Yeah, he shouldn't have dropped the ball, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, as for me, I played some Bulletstorm. That was really only to show my friend how awesome the game was. Like I showed him some key features, like uh, thumping people and shooting flares into people's asses and uh, like using the drill and making people break dance, you know, stuff like that. So that's what uh, I showed him. I showed my friend some Bulletstorm, and he was uh, highly entertained. Um, but other than that, I played some StarCraft, and I, I'm just not playing enough StarCraft because I, don't know, I lost a couple matches, and then after I lost the match, I'm like, I knew exactly what that guy was going to do. Why did I build this unit? Why did I do this? Why didn't I do that? So I really wish I, I need to get the StarCraft back in my blood so I can, you know, stop feeling so horrible about myself. It's <laughs> um, a good idea. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, other than that, that I mean... I really haven't had a chance to play anything, sadly, so hopefully that'll be changing soon, but I don't know, we'll see. Like I said, we do have quite a bit to cover, especially with all the Xbox rumors flying all over the place, and the game's media just having a fucking field day. Yeah, (laughs) acting like games media. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to get into that a little later, but we're going to start off talking about, you know, BF3. Um, So... Apparently, a group of hackers are, you know, they're, they don't like Punkbuster. <laughs> you know, who knew? Uh, they're upset at Punkbuster, and so they're targeting uh, Punkbuster servers, or uh, Punkbusting BF3 servers. They're basically uh, using an exploit to ban innocent users as a way to punish Punkbuster. You know, I'm putting quotes on that uh, because this is... This is dumb. This is doing that. This is I, like you're not helping anybody by doing this. By punishing the player, you're not really doing anything. Yeah, even if somebody wanted to feel sympathetic, like they're not, you're not drumming up any sympathetic support by getting other people banned. Like you don't know any of those people may be cheaters too, and may yeah. be willing to be like, yeah, totally join the cause. And I mean, the other thing too is like it's not really even punishing Punk Punkbuster. Like it's supposed to be punishing like a cheat detecting service that I guess like somebody developed to go along with Punkbuster. Oh, you talking about GGC Stream? That's a yeah. um, it's a third party. It's basically like a a, a band database right. that you can run. Like there's PB bands and there's GGC Stream. Okay, because so, that's that's who they're targeting. They're they're targeting people who are playing on servers that are tied to it or use it or whatever. Because, yeah. like, they don't like that service in particular, but whatever. Well, they All want, the reasons are stupid. But. They want to they want to punish Punkbuster, but they I think the reason they're targeting GGC specifically is because the bulk of Battlefield 3 servers are using it as opposed to PB bans. So it's, they can hit... It's a much larger radius of servers. They can, yeah, okay. exactly. So that, right, that that's what they're using that. Um, now... Server, server, there's a couple of different things happening because of this. Um, now, like you know, like we said, they're not winning the sympathies of anybody. Nobody's on their side. Um, you know, uh, some people may be mad at EA or Punkbuster 
But the thing about the PC community, the bulk of them, they're kind of going to know what's going on. You know, they're going to know that EA is separate from Punkbuster and that GGC is separate from, you know, is also technically speaking separate from Punkbuster, it's just a different service. So right, they're. Somebody we're managing to get people banned on like Xbox or PS3. That would be a different story, yeah. Yeah, people would have no idea and they'd just be like, man, you guys are fucking my shit up. I can't play, blah, 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 blah. Exactly. Outrage. Yeah, so. You know, most people are just mad at the hackers. Um, now, to avoid the server admins, they can actually, you know, disable PB bans and GGC and use their own ban lists. That will that'll allow people who've been affected by this to play on the servers. EA's temporary fix is just to join servers not running Punkbuster. Terrible uh, idea. So, yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what they want. <laughs> that's beautiful. Um, uh, Tony Ray of Punkbuster said that the he says it's not Punkbuster's problem per se he said a third party it's a third party admin group uh that controls gg ggc stream which is true and he said they should be able to remove the corruption easily but ggc is saying that the problem is actually with punkbuster and it's been a problem for years uh they said that the process can be manipulated by modifying game server you know the punk the game server is punkbuster software now the one thing i don't know is if they mean game servers the company or do they just mean any game server's Punkbuster software modify it and then throw a uh, a fake ban in there? Because that actually has been going on for a long time. I, I know someone who was banned permanently from Modern Warfare 3 because of something like that. So that has been going on for a long time, and Punkbuster, you know, they really haven't acknowledged it. You know, being me being part of the PC community, especially the first-person PC community, yeah, I've, I've played a lot of games with Punkbuster. <laughs> you know, and I've I, it's not a, I've never had a bad experience with Punkbuster, but I really haven't seen it stop anybody from hacking. To be honest with you, everybody I know has been affected by Punkbuster has actually been a fake man or or, or false positive. So, uh, but I guess they're doing a good enough job that companies keep on using them, like EA. Yeah, Steam uses them a lot too. Well, yeah, well, it was, yeah, Valve gave up on VAC because VAC never really worked in the first place that that's right. one failure that valve had it was back it really was unfortunately but uh yeah so this is what's happening right now i guess the the the, the main line is um you know everybody's working on the problem but i think until the the problem's going to continue until both punkbuster and ggc ggc decide to work together to fix this issue because I don't think one side wants to take the blame over the other. And I, to be honest with you, if Punkbuster doesn't fix that little that modification hole that they have, it's going to continue to be an issue. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I can predict a lot more players playing on non-Punkbuster servers. Like, why even take the chance of getting, of getting uh, banned, you know? So... All right, but uh, yeah, moving on from that, we also have uh, some news of Zenga copying somebody else's game, which is funny because not too long ago they went to court uh, for a Brazilian developer who they said was infringing on their copyrights. Uh, but the, the people who they're, they're copying from is uh, NimbleBit. Uh, and basically, what happened was Ian Marsh of NimbleBit he posted a letter. Uh, to Zynga via Twitter. Did you guys read that letter? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's pretty simple actually. I don't even call it a letter, honestly. It, it's well, it starts with like it starts with the word "dear." So 
<laughs> well, okay, I guess that's true, but it's it's really just like four or five lines and pictures like that compare like certain parts of like their game to the the Zynga game, yeah. uh, Dream Heights or whatever. Yeah, I'm gonna so. I'm, I'm gonna read the letter here. Yeah, go for it. All right, so uh, dear Zynga. We noticed you are about to launch a new iPhone game called Dream Heights. Congratulations. We want to thank you. <laughs> we want to thank all you guys for being such big fans of our iPhone game of the year, Tiny Tower. Good luck with your game. We are looking forward to inspiring you with our future games. Sincerely, all three of us, Nimblebit. <laughs> um, actually, actually, at the beginning, it says, Dear Zenga, all 2,789 of you. <laughs> That's how they started the... Uh, uh, their letter, which I thought was uh, pretty funny. If you look at these images, though, it is pretty. Uh, it's pretty. It is extremely similar. You know, the Zenga one is uh, a bit cleaner. Well, it is definitely cleaner. The graphics are cleaner because uh, Tiny Tower uh, is eight bit, or maybe even four bit, if you want to say. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely well, it's definitely eight bit um, versus the the smoother looking. You know. Farmville animation yeah, Farmville style, style. Yeah. you know, animations that they like to do over at Zynga. Um, a little, you know, a couple things have changed, but like the structure of the game, the leveling system, uh, you know, how you, I guess, spend attribute points and obtain uh, whatever the object of the game is to build your tower, I'm assuming. Um, you know, all that, like those, those mechanics are pretty, pretty much the same. Um, and David, I think the most sorry, damning thing, if you look at the pictures, though, is like how the how the user interface is set up. Like that's that's the part that really stands out, like more so than like because tower games are nothing new. Like they they really aren't, and like that's the one thing where you could say like oh like without really like looking at the similarities that like oh well, you know there's tons of tower games like you know even tiny tower is not like a new concept you know they sim tower and stuff like that before, um, but it's when you look at like the actual like specific similarities between those two games it's like yeah they probably did and it's not the first time that zynga's been like dinged for copying somebody either or been you know noted for copying somebody so yeah not really far out of the realm of possibility definitely very interesting and actually uh david marsh says it's pretty sad when a company of 2789 people can't even come up with their own game ideas what a large scale failure in imagination I don't I wish, agree. Yeah. <laughs> I don't wish Zenga any ill will. I just think it's depressing for all the devs of Zenga that don't have creative freedom. What I, what I think is especially damning about this is that Zynga actually tried to acquire a nimble bit before this incident. And I think that just proves that they knew exactly what the IP was that they wanted. And they, they decided they apparently had enough money and enough legal clout to just go and wholeheartedly copy it instead of uh, just right, accepting that they, they couldn't have what they wanted to get. Right, without having any repercussions. It's kind of like the um, like the situation with Capcom, where they were going to acquire the... Uh, I really forget the name of the game now, but uh, Dynamite something or Explode Demon. Something. Yeah, and they were going to acquire them and then didn't. And then they came out with like the exact same game like 
you know, a few months after the other theirs came out, like the the little the indie developer. developer yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it, it almost makes me wonder though how how uh, I guess in, intended they they really were as far as going through with that because it's not unheard of for companies to go and say, oh yeah, I'm going to acquire you so I can look over all your financial records, all of your you know whatever you have in R and D and all of your trade secrets, get access to all that information, and then at the last second pull out from the sale, having acquired the knowledge that they wanted without actually having to pay anything for it. Yeah, that uh, that is true. I mean, actually, I don't even I don't even know if it really went that far. With Zenga and Nimblebit. But still, to have that many employees versus three, and you can't come up with a, with a, with a decent idea, or at least, you know, because like, you know, like Rob said, this isn't the first Tower game that's ever come out. You know, Tiny Tower. Uh, but, you know, you, it's, you take the game archetype, and you improve it, and that's what Tiny Tower did. You do something different. And exactly. then Zynga should have done something different and improved on theirs, and they can't. Because Zynga is incapable of doing that. <laughs> I think that's the I think that's the main thing that stands out. Like even if you did release the same type of game, you can improve it, and make it different enough that people aren't going to complain or aren't going to notice. Well, but Zynga is incapable. Well, it's not. The, I think it, this just shows how desperate Zynga is getting to get that next hit because they know that that they're everybody's waiting for it and they're they're gonna you know, their stock's gonna drop without it. And uh, yeah, they're really up a up a creek. Yeah. Well, you know what I think. <laughs> I think it's what their investors are waiting for it because I mean they're they're making games for a casual crowd and who really knows the developers of except us you know what I'm saying like oh, some of us do but in the casual crowd who really remembers the developers of these games you know that and I think that's that's part of the problem that's why it's not just this game but their copying is so rampant on iPhone and even Android because yeah. nobody remembers like, Hey, didn't those other guys make a game that was like this? Nobody says that. Like, Oh yeah. Tiny tower too. Oh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's how it goes. That's true. true. So, and, yeah. and also because of what you're limited to on and I, you know, on a smartphone, there's only so many things you can do. Right. So yeah, you're going to have more copy. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, we'll have to see how that goes. I wonder if they're actually going to, if they're going to take legal action or if they're just kind of going to let you be like, Okay, don't let me catch you in the street, Zenga. You know, that's going to be like one of those situations. Three people killing 2,000. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I'd I pay for that movie. Yeah, <laughs> three. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's called. All right, so, uh, but moving on to our next topic. Uh, there was an article on Bitmob, and it's called The Evil of Game Trailers. And the, the writer, or the author, I should say, uh, Eduardo, he says, you know, he watched the Resident Evil trailer, and he got very excited, uh, which... Eduardo wasn't the one that wrote it. It was Ryan Peters. Oh, the sorry. editors know it was from Eduardo. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, my bad. My bad, Ryan. That is totally my fault. I will take that one on the chin. Proper attribution. We're all about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will, I will, yeah, I will not hide from that one. My fault. Read the wrong name. But so Ryan Peters, you know, he uh, he uh, watched the, the, not the demo, but the uh, the trailer was very excited by it, but then, you know, after he had calmed down, he realized that, you know, this has been happening a lot where we've been watching trailers and the game just doesn't meet up to expectations. Um, now, I know personally, when it came to the Resident Evil trailer, I actually wasn't too excited because of how much action I saw on the screen, and I'm like, that's not survival horror, but, you know, 
that ship has sailed. Survival horror. Yeah, it, that, that ship, ship sailed like three games ago. <laughs> <laughs> that ship has sailed. So I was like, whatever. And you know what? I'll probably still get it. It's not like I'm like, ugh. But that, that's not survival horror. You know, maybe if, if Dead Space Three has a trailer like that, I'd be upset. But Resident Evil now is what it is. So I wasn't necessarily too excited for it. But there are actually, I did see a lot of people like on Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus, who I knew are survival horror fans who are actually really really deep resident evil fans excited for this and i'm just like you were disappointed by resident evil 5 and this kind of looks like the the same thing exactly (laughs) how anybody looks at that trailer and doesn't think that you were not going to get the same game like they keep saying that like chris redfield's parts are supposed to be more survival horror or i'm sorry that flip it around that Chris Redfield is supposed to be more action and uh my brain can't remember Leon. the other guy's name Leon yeah, yeah. Leon. okay uh Leon Kennedy's are supposed to be more you know like survival horror like real survival horror but I'm like that's bullshit that's not gonna happen that, it really yeah. isn't it really it's really not for like if, if you're just going from the standpoint of Resident Evil 4 was a little bit slower than Resident Evil 5 they're like yeah sure I guess it's more survival horror but <laughs> no yeah, yeah, and that, that, I just I wanted to, I brought up the topic because I thought it was a it, he had a very valid point. He actually talks about Dead Island, which if you listen to the Nashcast, you know I hate that game. Like I mean, I buy I, I buy games, and not every game is that good. You know, even like you know I, I said, I think a couple of weeks ago when it came to the Need for Speed the Run, I would have felt better if I paid twenty dollars for it instead of thirty when the game was actually sixty. Right. But with Dead Island, I wanted my money back. I wanted my money back when I played that out. That's how much I disliked that game. It's actually pretty rare these days. Because games, I mean, like as much as you may complain about certain games, like the overall quality of games is way higher than 20 years ago. You right, know? right. So it's like there's maybe like half the games you bought when you were, or you got when you were like seven, you were like, Jesus Christ, I want to take, I, I want my mom to go get her money back for this game because that's how bad it is. And you were right. a child. <laughs> and now it's like, yeah, most games are pretty good. You, yeah. It's there where you get something that's such a stinker that that blindsided you so hard that you were like, I want to march into their headquarters, take it to their president, and throw it on his desk, and t- and pull my pants down and poop on it. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty that's raw pretty emotion right there, Rob. Jesus. Hey, hey you got to go bigger. You got to stay home, okay? <laughs> That's that's what Dead Island went into other people's houses and did. It, it came into their house and pulled its pants down and pooped on their systems. So <laughs> it's only right to have it turned around. Apparently, Rob Hill Williams also not a fan of Dead Island. <laughs> um, Actually, I didn't really play it. I just watched somebody else play it. I was like, wow, this is terrible. Not good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I didn't even have to touch it to know. <laughs> but okay, so you know he brought up Dead Island, which Dead Island had that Dead Island had like the best trailer from last year. Like that trailer for Dead Island was incredible, and that like was part the best of trailer of the best five years. Yeah, it was. It, and the thing is, like, the, the the I think part of the reason why I hated Dead Island because bad games still do come out. But I hated Dead Island because, of, you know, that watching that trailer it set such an expectation for you. Like, oh my god, like this is this is incredible. You know what I'm saying? And then you get the game, and it was nowhere near. Nowhere near that that level of intensity or emotion, on top of the other various issues that it had, you know. And that's the thing. Like, I, I don't know. Like, what do you guys think? Are would game companies be better off if they actually toned down the trailers a little bit? Like, you know, more like uh, trailers closer to actually what the gameplay is. 
No, I, th I think part of the problem is that for especially a lot of these games are being sequels, there's already a set level of anticipation. All you need to do is show the logo, just let somebody know that the next installment's coming, and it's all in people's heads. You can't, I mean, you can sort of stoke the fires of, of the fanboyism, but you can't, uh, you know, but you can't control that, that people are going to kind of get out of, you know, get out of control about that stuff. I mean, you're, you're, you're pointing out that Resident, Resident, Resident Evil 6 is basically more of what people didn't like, but they're so hy hyped about it, they don't care. So it, it's kind of it, you can't not advertise a game ahead of time. You want you want people excited. So it, it's you're almost setting people up for for failure because you're you're always going to have these high expectations and you can only meet them if you're lucky. You can never exceed them. I agree to a certain extent with that sentiment. I, I agree that like yes, you can only do so much when you're talking, especially like an established property, like say Resident Evil Six. Like when it's an established property, you're only ever going to be able to control so much. And they didn't lie, you know. Like the trailer may get you hyped up, but the trailer doesn't lie to you. Like what Dead Island did was lie to people. Like what the Dragon Age Two trailer did was lie to people. Like yeah. does anybody remember? That? I because I remember I was so hyped because I loved the shit out of Dragon Age Origins, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be so awesome, and look at those graphics. But it's not graphics because it's lying. To you. <laughs> it's you know it's it's a set trailer like that on that on like nothing nowhere near as good as that trailer looked like even just graphically like but it but they lie to you you know it it's almost as bad as like the Killzone trailer like when PS3 was getting ready to launch oh god like, was, yeah you yeah. know like it, it may be like oh expectation but it's like that's if that is not anywhere near where you're going with something like Dead Island was like don't even do that. Don't set that expectation for yourself because that should have been a movie that shouldn't and or it should have been a game that should have been what we actually got, but it wasn't. So, uh, yes, you can you could set expectation to a certain extent, like you, you're only going to do so much, but like don't lie to people about it. But movies, I mean, th I mean, th th this happens with movies where you'll see a trailer that's nothing like that. But a movie, you figure they have what two hours of footage that they have to cull down to what two to f two to three minutes. Here, you've got you've got games. Games have what you know, ten hours of play, sometimes sixty hours of play. So they can really kind of you know pick the choice cuts of what they want to show, you know, and how how they want to sort of fictionalize this to make this game look way more awesome than it actually is. So it's it's not surprising that that happens. And that's and that's okay. But you're still, I, like, there's a difference between, like, taking, like, the most awesomest parts of your game and then, like, putting that together into a trailer and putting something that is not in your game at all in yeah. any way, shape, or form and then putting that in your trailer and getting people excited about it. Now, granted, that happens less. Like, what happened with Dead Island doesn't happen as much as... I would, uh, as the as this article may imply, I guess, in a way. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't say that it happens a lot. But pointing out Dead Island is kind of like a the oddball because like it was like a trailer that like everybody noticed like even if you didn't play games like people noticed the dead island trailer and they're like man i might actually play that game you know even if they don't play games like that's how wide it like how far it got but I, like i it's an odd duck but just don't do that <laughs> don't, don't don't set an expectation like not even just an expectation but don't put stuff in your trailer that you literally aren't even going to touch in your game like there was no family element or or like heartwarming or like heart tearing story or anything in dead island like dead island had none of that like that was the biggest lie ever perpetrated like it's it's one thing if you have marketing that's skewed like, you know, I, I'm not going to say, like, it's good. I mean, like, I agree with you. Like, they're going to take it, and they're going to show it in the best light possible. But just don't straight lie to people about it. Like I said, Resident Evil 6, not them lying to anybody about it. 
it may be the most awesome parts of their game, but they're not lying to anybody. Yeah, they're definitely showing Resident Evil Six. They're definitely showing you what the game is about, and I think it's fanboys are just getting overexcited because they're like, "Yeah, it's going back to the roots." And I'm like, "What? <laughs> like, not that? That's not the roots." People, yeah, I think that's the problem, and I think maybe that's more like towards what Nick's talking about. You can only control so much. Like, there are people who are going to make up their own expectations, even if the if even if the video didn't show any of it. Like, there are going to be people who turn around and say. Oh, it's totally gonna have this stuff in it, and it's like, where did you see that at all right. in that trailer? Like that didn't exist. You, you know, I, I wonder though, especially in a case like Resident Evil that's been around what since ninety ninety seven, I think was when the first one came out. So you're you're looking at close to fifteen years now. How many people have been with the entire franchise even for them to be saying, oh, it's going back to the roots? Do they remember playing the first one on the PlayStation, or, or are they are they they maybe thinking of Resident Evil four or, or five even as far as uh, you know comparing this going forward? That's true. Yeah, that's I think it may be too far gone. Like you know, they just chalk up the changes in the series as it evolving. And I I still like Resident Evil. Like I liked Resident Evil Five. You know what I'm saying? But I'm I'm not a huge, huge survival horror fan. Like, yeah, I love Dead Space, but I don't play every survival horror game I get my hands on. And I you know, I took Resident Evil Five for what it was. And, you know, I, I'm not gonna say that you know what what Resident Evil has become is just an evolution of the series or the genre because it's not what I think res- is happening with Resident Evil is that they are open bringing it to a broader audience people who wouldn't play it before in terms of gaming there's really nothing wrong with that but for fans I can see that how that can be an issue you know true so, but still not lying in their case yeah still not lying they're putting it right there on the table like this is what you're getting so but uh, yeah, let's move on to our next topic, which is uh, Paradox Interactive talking about DRM and why they, they really don't use it. Uh, Paradox, actually, Paradox talks about a few things that, you know, I think we've talked about before, like, you know, Paradox is all digital. Uh, they, they used to try the, the, di- the, the boxed model, really didn't work out, got rid of it, went all digital. Now they're making all types of cash. <laughs> you know, they're doing just fine. And also one thing that he mentioned uh, is uh, Fred Wester, the CEO and co-owner of Paradox. He talked, you know, he talked about their anti-DRM stance and saying that you know DRM is just a way uh, for you know I guess big wigs to cover their backs, you know, uh, as as opposed to it being mean, like really meaningful for uh, you know, in terms of trying to stop the anti-cheat because you know according to him. Well, you know, and it's it's pretty obvious that DRM costs money and it makes you lose money. It costs money because either you're going to develop the DRM yourself, uh, which is going to cost development time, or you're going to buy somebody else's DRM, and he actually mentioned Sony's secure ROM here, which he calls it a waste of money, <laughs> um, which I can, I, I can agree to that. Uh, so, you, that, you know, you're, you're going to do something like that where you're paying for it or you develop it yourself. But then, and we've said it, I don't know how many times on, on this show alone, that DRM doesn't affect hackers. It affects the legit buyers. And that's the, the, the point that he brings up. He says, you know, DRM, it got to a point where it was, uh, it was a negative. It was a, it was a negative in terms of buying a product. Like, why get this product when it's going to be all DRM'd out when I could just pirate it and it's not going to have DRM on it? And he says, uh, one thing he says, uh, he has a quote here, if you're the CEO, you need to cover your back. And the people who ask the board know nothing about games. 
they they're there because they're some investment company or something and they ask so what are you going to do to protect our games from pirates and then he says you can reply we're buying this solution from sony which i don't know okay in my opinion kind of denotes another problem with the way the investment system works i guess but i i I have no idea how to fix that problem so i can't even offer a solution but you know you do have a lot of people who invest money into games that know nothing about games know nothing about technology know nothing about computers but want to meddle with it exactly like what are you doing to protect our assets like it's physical and you can lock it in a bank or you can lock it in a vault you know and that's that's not how it works with 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 digital product you know the people you know how you can have your game not pirated don't ever fucking release it yeah exactly go invest somewhere else (laughs) (laughs) i would love to see somebody nut up and do that but you know that's not gonna happen (laughs) no but we've even seen stuff that hasn't been released yet you know developmental copies pirated so technically that's not even a valid solution i I know but that's what i mean you don't develop a game at all you just never you just never release a game at all you don't you don't develop it you don't have a build you don't do anything you just don't ever don't make games (laughs) that's how you not that's how you get them not to be pirated yeah i I don't know when it comes to games i mean pirates gonna pirate man like the people who want the game they're gonna crack it and some people will just crack it just to crack it because it's a challenge the more the, the harder it is for them to crack it sometimes they they, they just take that challenge they don't even want to play the game they crack it and then put it up on the torrents or i would almost go as far as to say is that most of the people who actually do the cracking are people who want to play it because say you were somebody who wanted i want this game for free and you have the ability to crack the game yourself. I mean, not that necessarily you wouldn't distribute to anybody else, but what reason do you have to distribute to anybody else unless you're just trying to prove something? Like, right. if you're just trying to prove something and you don't actually have any invested interest in playing the game, then for you, it's it's a game. You just, the, cracking it is, is itself a game for you. You crack it and you give it to everybody else to show, like, hey, I cracked it. But if you were just cracking it for yourself, why would you give it to anybody? So I would, th- I would go as far as to say most people that crack it are doing it just for the lols (laughs) it could could be a multiplayer game and maybe you're trying to point it off on one of your friends so they'll play with you but (laughs) (laughs) that's true that's true um yeah yeah yeah, i don't know i i I wish more companies that think the way that you know they do at at paradox you know like the drm is basically a waste of money i mean what do you say like eight years they haven't used drm yeah you know like uh, it, it is interesting because you know, like like you said, there's how there's fixing that fixing like the investment thing is way above our pay grade. It'd be nice if there was just more investors who are like, let me look at your financials. Okay, it looks good. You're doing something decent. I'm gonna invest. Keep my hands out of it because I don't know what the fuck you're doing. But you you can't. You know, people are paid to meddle, so they're going to do that. But it is an interesting, you know shift of thought to think about like well a suit has to answer to somebody too and they can't just say well we can't really prove the pirating really hurts anything and we, when the investments are in there well we got this it says blah blah blah, 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 blah. potential losses blah blah blah, blah do and they have to say well secure wrong you know <laughs> like it's interesting but at the same time it's like you know you just need like more of a top-down view that like pirating is only going to hurt you as much as you know drm is going to hurt a customer right or you know or, or less than a, a you know drm is going to hurt a customer and you don't want to hurt your customer base you know you, you make it more accessible you make it easier you make it more open so that it it's easier for people to get a hold on and it's not terrible for them to use and that is how you make pirating less of a problem you because know, you may- can't quantify pirating you can't 
you know, it, it makes me wonder how much money they're getting from the investor who's sort of forcing them to use some sort of DRM versus how much money they're losing from, you know, lost sales effectively because people are, are getting upset that there is DRM. If, if there's maybe not some sort of net balance that, that, you know, fundamentally you could put on a spreadsheet and show to said investor and say, see, you're actually costing us money by interfering. But I don't, I don't know that that, uh, that study's actually been done. It probably hasn't. I think that's a good point, though, because you can quantify how much DRM is going is costing you. Like you can't really actually quantify how much you're losing in pirating. You don't know that all those people will buy your game. You don't. You don't know anything really. Like it's just an unknowable blobby number out there that you're thinking is really huge. You yeah. know, it's costing you so much, or it's costing you so much business. One thing I have to think is possibly is education part of the problem. Like I think. Are these like you know the CEOs and the bigwigs, you know, so so intent on just pleasing the board to whatever the board says, they just you know do it. Have have they taken the time? Well, I'm pretty sure Paradox has, um, you know, and some of Obviously. these other companies have. But have they taken the time where board member says, hey, well, how are we going to protect our product? And then that's when they pull out the spreadsheet and the and the and the, and the charts and the graphs because that's what they like to see and say, look, this is why it's going to be ineffective. Or are they just like, yeah, we have a solution. We're putting this in place, and you know, seventy-year-old investor guys like, okay. <laughs> you know. But, I, but I, I think unless you can actually show this is how much money you'll get this way, and you'll get more money without the piracy, I don't think they're gonna care. But if yeah, you, that's true. Yeah, but I'm saying, but if you can just that's show valid. them, if you can show them how much money it's gonna cost to develop it or to lease or license this anti-piracy technology versus the, the projected sales with DRM versus DRM. You know. But you know those investors. You know those investors have their suits and their bean counters that sit there and they say, "Well, you know, because those are the people like the people that they pay to look into this stuff are the people who come up with these projected figures for like, oh, how, this is how much you you lost potentially on your last game due to piracy. Like, what are you gonna do to fix that? That that that's what these people do. Like, it's not the seventy year old guy necessarily sitting in the room with you who's who actually gave the money. It's it's a number of his suits that are saying, you know, you know, Mr. Big wants to know what you're going to do, you know, in order to protect his investment. Right. Which is kind of like a mafia when you think about it. You know, <laughs> it sounds kind of like Don, organized crime, really. <laughs> the Don says. Yeah, I mean, really. But uh, anyway, aside from that comparison, I, I don't know. It's not really fixable. The only way you can fix it is education. I just think that most of them don't care to be educated. Their minds are somewhere else. Their minds are on money. Well, they're not not money. Like is it would make a lot of sense to us for their minds to be on like, oh, well, pirating doesn't necessarily cost you this, but DRM does cost you this. Yeah. But that's not how their minds think. That's not that's not where their brains are. They could fix this kind of easily. Now, I just thought about this just now. If they'd be like, yeah, how are we gonna deal with anti-piracy? And they just say, Steam. We're gonna put it on Steam. And then that's that's the end of that conversation. Not saying that Steam games don't get pirated, but right, you it's, know, you make it easier for your customer to get a hold you, of the game. You make it much easier to get to get a hold of the game, and you know when games are Steam exclusives, well, I shouldn't say they get pirated less because Modern Warfare Three was pirated pretty heavily, and I think on PC it required Steam, but Man, still, it's it's so much more accessible. It, it, as long as you don't ask the CEO of Gaikai, he thinks Steam is terribly complicated <laughs> too many clicks too, too many, many clicks, clicks. <laughs> yeah it's 42 clicks man it's too much <laughs> like my fingers much. can't take all that pressure every time you're going to download something from steam you're going to have to sign up for the service from the top to bottom every time i'm suing val for carpal tunnel <laughs> of your finger 
Yeah, so, but, uh, yeah, Paradox making very good points regarding DRM. It's just a shame or that more CEOs don't see it that way. But I think it will take a larger company to to take a step toward, you know, DRM, you know, being DRM-free to make a big impact, like if EA or Ubisoft did it. True. So, but I guess but we'll... But they're very intent on having those people exactly. that say you need to have Exactly. So I guess we'll see how that continues to develop, you know, but uh, we're going to move on to our next topic, which is uh, Red 5, or actually Mark Kern, uh, who is founder of Red 5 Studios. He is also uh, a veteran of uh, Blizzard Entertainment, and he, he he had an article on gamesindustry.biz uh, regarding, you know, small studios being tired of relying on publishers and the article stemmed from his conversation about you know sopa and pipa supporters and saying you know you see bigger companies like the larger publishers ea ubisoft um you know even like nintendo even though nintendo and sony didn't support sopa they supported a bill you know that was and you know that kind of built up to what sopa became uh you know so he's talking about you know big guys you know, supporting in bills like that versus the small developers who are against that. And he said it boils down to, you know, the bigger publishers wanting to control the the pipes or or the uh you know the the, the lanes like how games are pushed out. Um, because I don't think it's a secret to anybody. With with there's many more ways to get your games out, and it's it's not just for games. It's games, movies, music, like entertainment in general because of this glorious thing we call the internet, you know, there are so many different ways to get your product out to somebody. Like, I mean, think about it. Like, without the internet, would you be listening to the MASHcast right now? No, you wouldn't. <laughs> you know? I, I, I would, because I can hear you talking. Oh, well, thank you, Nick. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's very true that the, you know, the, the smaller developers really... I don't say I would say they don't need publishers as much. I think the publisher's role needs to change. He actually says that he doesn't he doesn't think he says he doesn't think publishers are meaningful uh anymore for developers at all. That's what he says. And I think publishers can still do some things like, you know, publishers have, you know, lots of money to throw around so they can probably get your games pushed out to places easier and of course get your games pushed out to like retail outlets and you know, get marketing, you know, those those marketing banners and stuff all over the place, you know, get get you a Halo 3 movie trailer, <laughs> you know, put into a movie theater right before some, you know, Michael Bay movie comes on. So, you know, publishers, ha- you know, can do that, but, I mean, we've seen plenty of of smaller publishers come out with their own stuff and be very successful. I mean, look at Mojang. That's Minecraft for those who don't know who Mojang is, but you know, but they have Red Five, Riot Games. You know, you can list quite a few that you know indie developers or smaller studios that have pushed out games without the help of a big publisher. Right, they've made it more or less on their own merits, and I, yeah, I don't think that publishers are you know not valid anymore. Period. Because that's just not really true. Like, there's just more avenues. You know, there's they're not the only game in town anymore. It's not the only way to get your game out to everyone and make a difference or, you know, like, you know, make a splash. Like, 
there's other routes now, you know, like you said, entertainment in general, like anything from books to, you know, video games, movies, comics, everything is, has multiple avenues really to get out. You know, you don't, it doesn't require one specific way anymore. And for some, th- for some studios though, some studios, it's going to be best for them to go with publishers. And that's why publishers are still around. You know, I think, I think that you do have publishers trying to protect their own, the, you know, their business model because of course, of course they are. <laughs> yeah. Like, of course they're going to try and protect it. Um, you know, the fact that they support Sopa Pippa, you know, like a lot of the bigger, you know, publishers and stuff like that, basically being implicit and like, oh yeah, it's okay. You know, even if they say like, oh, well, it's not really, but you know, then they're backed by ESA who does support it for them. You know, right. it's, it's a big old, you know, a ring and roll, but the, that that part sucks because you know that yeah that can make you tired of relying on somebody when you're like I implicitly like I know this is terrible and nobody should support this but the person who puts your game out there or puts your game in the GameStop or Best Buy is like totally do that you know <laughs> exactly. yeah that'll make you tired of a publisher <laughs> but yeah. are they invalid no definitely not but you, know, you know that that I think is one of the most disappointing things about the whole SOPA thing is that. You know, it's like, you know, you, you still want to go out and purchase those products, but by purchasing the product, you're implicitly supporting, you know, the legislation that you, that you hate. And sure. it's the whole, I mean, really, it, it, it just highlights, again, the whole, the whole state of the system where you've got these people in these, I, I don't want to say dying business models, but these models that need to be changed drastically. And they have enough money that they can go and get this kind of legislation drafted and pushed to the point where it almost became a reality. And it, you know, we're not done fighting this battle by any means. Oh, no. And the people who, you know, the people who really would be affected by this most, the small you know, studios that want to publish themselves, you know, and, 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 you know, small artists of any, any means that, you know, they, they don't have that. They don't have the resources to fight that appropriately. I think we got lucky. We got very lucky with SOPA, but I don't, I don't know that we win the battle. Yeah. The internet can be a very, very powerful force, but only when you're trying to take something from it, you, you have the internet and like the internet will lose its fucking mind over something and when they you when you're basically saying like we're basically going to be able to take the web offline more or less you know it was sopa pippa that sort of thing like of course outcry was huge you know and but but people think because like oh it kind of died and went away like that that's it's gone and it's not like it'll come back it'll creep its way back with a little slightly a different name or you know slightly different legislation behind it but it's still gonna it's still gonna be leading to the same thing you well, know, yeah. but but the next time as long as long as it doesn't make enough noise, internet won't notice. Well, know? I mean, it's happening right now. Like, yeah. look how much support the anti sopa anti people movement have. But I asked somebody about ACTA, and they're like, "What? Yep, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> What's exactly. ACTA? You, you take smaller concessions, and it's like that's not a way to. You don't win a battle that way. I don't think that some people have said, you know, you we you turn around and you lobby yourselves, and like, no, you just take the money out. Really, yeah. that's the way you fix it. But that's a whole different. The you know, ball game, but well, you, you, you got to take the money out for both sides at the same time. If you if one side just takes the money out, they just lose. Oh, I, well, no, I mean you mean I don't. I mean you don't lobby. Like you don't choose to lobby. What you do is you take the money off the table from lobbying. Period. So that it isn't a factor. You don't have you know the, the IRA. You know throwing huge amounts of money at the you know at the government and saying get this bill through, and then saying like. Oh well, for people who switch their support, like where you you know basically threatening them because like oh we won't give you money next time. And it's like 
that tells you there's a problem when they can they can point out that we gave you money and you turned your backs on us. So, you know, don't do that next time. Like, you need to take the money out, period, altogether. Right. But as far as, you know, the, the studios go, you know, it sucks to see publishers do that, and that can make you tired of relying on them. But there are other routes. But not every studio is going to have the ability to do that for some studios you're not solvent enough you don't have enough money to even be able to say go to steam yourself you know not everybody has those abilities they can make a game and basically throw all their hopes on you know getting it into a publisher and getting it out there which for some people is the best option so do they need to change yeah do they need to update their you know their their tired philosophies about some things yeah but not invalid not going away anytime not soon. Not yet. I mean, I yeah. think in the, in the future, there'll be definitely... And I'm not even talking about, like, far, far into the future. I'm not talking about really close in the future either. But, you know, I think in the future, there'll definitely be... Um, if they don't change their business model, which I think they will by then, they will definitely be irrelevant. But, like, as of right now, like, let's say last... If you want to say that publishers are irrelevant, last year, like, we wouldn't have had Crisis 2. We wouldn't have had Infamous. We wouldn't have had Batman. Because all those games, they were so great because of the, the man hours that were put behind them. The man hours, the talent they brought in for for the voice acting and for the motion capture. All that costs money, and that's what publishers have. They have the money to do that. They so have the, money, power, influence. Exactly. To get, to get those AAA titles out right now, you still need publishers. However, I think that is kind of changing for a few reasons like first of all the tools to build games that look really good are the 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 the, the creators of those engines are giving i won't say giving the engines out for free but you can build something and then if you want to depending on how you want to sell it you know if you think you have a good product i think that's when you're, the licensing kicks in kind of you can grab the the unreal development kit or the cry engine 3 development kit and um you know, and, and do stuff in there. So those are available for indie developers. Right, um, like Hawken, like they used the Unreal Development Kit, and the only the reason they went with it was because it was at a point now where it was cost effective and it was able to. You could be a smaller studio and get it, and not, you know, throw their bank away. Basically, yeah, exactly. <laughs> not have to break your whole piggy bank. Exactly. So you know, and then on top of that, you have like uh, with Cube, who actually a Kathy just did a review on it. That entire game was funded by Indie Fund which is not a publisher, but a group of indies. Like, that game still came out as an independent game. And basically, it was just an investment fund that that investment group threw money behind this development studio, and they made their money back in four days. The entire investment was made back in four days. Did that investment fund require any kind of DRM on uh, Cube? No, it did not. So, that's the thing. (laughs) This is a lot right there without (laughs) having to say anything. (laughs) <laughs> I like that, Nick. That was good. You didn't, you yeah. didn't even say anything after it. You just let it hang there. Yeah. Just... <laughs> I, I think I, I missed that it was a joke. <laughs> and I just answered the question, and then I was the, like, the, the, oh, the he was telling it a joke. The best jokes are the ones you don't realize. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, oh, that's what he was doing. I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, like that's happening right now. What I just mentioned is happening right now. I think more investment groups are going to pop up like this. Um, or you can even look at um, what's been happening, like for with Bastion, for example. Um, they built Bastion, and then I guess after they shopped it around to a couple different places, Warner Brothers like, we'll publish that game for you. 
So no, you have things like that happening too. And I think the publisher developer relationship is going to be, is going to start to, you know, be more like that where maybe publishers aren't, you know, aren't, well, actually aren't saying, okay, well, you're going to come work for our, our publishing company. We own the IP to that game and we can, uh, you know, we can have somebody else make sequels and we can make a, uh, a flying game, an uncharted game and a game about <laughs> jumping jacks with that title. Never you know what I'm saying? Let it go. Never, 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 never let it go. You'll never let it go. <laughs> Dead space. But yeah. I, yeah, I do think you see the, the relationship changing a little bit. Like, more creator control is, is never a bad thing. You know, like, I mean, that's part of why the whole Sopa Pippa thing is such a big-ass problem, you know? Like, you you have, you know, like, basically all these IPs and stuff that are under control of, of corporations who are basically trying to sit on them and, you know, protect them for money. And then, you know, they don't want anybody to ever be able to do anything with them. But if copyright worked the way it was intended, creators have control. Now you're seeing, you know, video games where creators have control. You have Mojang, you know, they have full control of Minecraft and what happens with it, you know. So it, there's there's other ways, you know. The, the relationship can change a little bit. And you even have people who were dealing with a publisher who went on their own and made crap tons of money. What was it, Super, Mo- Super Meat Boy? Yeah. Like, yeah. went on their own and then, like, and made, like, what was it, 40 times or something the amount that they made? Like, yeah. and uh, something stupid in, like, a week on Steam after they had dealt with, like, Microsoft for a year. So yeah. there's other there's other options available. And I think we're going to start to see developers take more of those options. And I'm excited because the more creativity that's out there, you know, the better it is for us, the gamer. At least the core gamers. Not sure about you casuals. So we'll see. But, uh... And we'll move on from that topic to the Microsoft section of this MASHcast, because the next three topics are all about Microsoft. Although uh, this is a little bit related, I think, in a way, the publisher thing. <laughs> uh, well, I guess so, yeah. Um, another uh, article from gamesindustry.biz, uh, Phil Spencer, who is the corporate vice president of Microsoft Studios, you know, he says, you know, he's talking about exclusive titles. He says it's about quality an impact, not number of releases in a year. And I think he was actually, and you know, this just maybe being cynical, I think he was taking a swipe at Sony. Because I think it's pretty clear, and I want to state it as a fact, because it's not an opinion in my, in my opinion, it's not an opinion, that Sony has better exclusives than Microsoft. Yeah, and at least they have, at least the ones that they have right now, they're using better. Exactly. Yeah, even if they didn't necessarily have better ones, like, they're actually putting them to use. Yeah. Exactly, like you know, uh, Microsoft. Is, he he's saying that you know in the article he says that Microsoft is focusing on new IP, but you know it takes a lot of sweat time and blah blah blah. And you know he says that they're focusing, not focusing, but um they they have new partners like Crytek that they're working on a uh, an unannounced pro a, a project, and I'm pretty sure they they probably have a couple other developers they're working on in terms of uh you know exclusive IPs, but I'll be honest with you, the only IP that they really have that I would say like has impact that I can just think of is Gears of War, and that game's not even that good if you ask me. Um, yeah, I know the- Halo, Halo's kind of, it's. I think it's the sun is set on it, especially with Bungie not being involved anymore. Well, yeah, the, the name, I think the name, like when you say Halo, people's ears perk up, but then when the games actually come out, I don't think they're... It's different. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a little different. Like, I mean, I know so... Uh, I'm, I know a lot of people who are Halo fans, and 
even when Halo Reach was coming out, they weren't that excited about it. I mean, a lot of them eventually got it, but they weren't like that Halo 3 getting it release night type deal. Right, um, Halo 2, rabid, you know, exactly. craziness. So yeah. yeah, I think Sony, I mean, not Sony, but Microsoft, uh, if they want to take a, a note from somebody in terms of like uh, exclusive IP, they should be looking at Sony and see what they're doing. Because I mean, Sony, the, the IP that Sony has come out with for the PS3 has been incredible, you know, with, uh, you know, Uncharted, Infamous, uh, Killzone, and they're not, I mean, like, they still have more IP they can come out with. Yeah, they I st- mean, like, and not, and not every single one is, like, amazing, but, you know, you've got God of War, you got a little big planet, you've got, you know, you just have, you have, like, smaller ones, you have stuff that's coming out indie style, like, that, like, Flower and, and Journey and stuff like that, that aren't even necessarily household names, but they're still, like, really good fucking properties you know yeah. like you have media molecule who like you know now that they're done with little big planet or they're still releasing dlc but like they're moving on to like another ip like they were on tap for like not just little big planet as an ip like they're going to be making another ip for my sony at some point i i it's you know like they they leverage stuff like they're leveraging stuff better and we've talked about it a little bit that like not being on the top of the the heap gives you incentive to like do something a little bit different and I think you're kind of seeing that now where it's like Microsoft's and I think also Microsoft's switch in focus. I, I mean, we we talked about the last dashboard update. It's really obvious, like connects a focus, entertainment's a focus, but gaming is still there. It's still a focus, but it's not their main focus right well, now. I, I would say that they're they are trying to turn the Xbox. I was gonna get this in, into this a little bit later, um, but they're trying to turn the Xbox into a family device. As opposed to Sony still focusing on gamers, right? That I, that. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, as far as what he actually says about the the exclusives, it's technically true what he is saying. You know, if you have something that's quality enough, like if you come out with two games in a year and they're super quality, like you know, one at the end, one at the beginning, or somewhere in there, it doesn't matter. Like if they're quality, then fantastic. Like your IP still has meaning; it still has recognition. That's great. And that's it's absolutely true, but when he says it, when you're looking at a year where Gears of War just came, or you know your past Gears of War coming out, it's Wars that came out last year too. Right, Wars that came out. Like what you're looking at this year is what is is Halo Four supposed to come out? I think so, but it's not official. Right. So you you literally like are looking at what nothing. Yeah. This state this statement would have a lot more impact if either Sony or Nintendo had a bunch of exclusives that were weak but neither of them do both right. both sony and nintendo like he says this and sony and nintendo like yeah we know, yeah. <laughs> you know that's it's like, but yeah like it's it's about quality and impact that number of releases in a year but if you have you know quality impact and number of releases then like well there is no downside to yeah. that you know except like you have so many awesome games people don't have enough money to keep up like i guess like i guess that could be your problem i don't know but it just sounds like an excuse, basically, coming from him right now at this point in time. No, but weren't, weren't we talking about this last week? About uh, there was a study that said like awesome games are sell sell better, or awesome games are better overall. And, and I, I remember saying that I didn't think it was news. And I feel again like this is this this is like Microsoft read that read that article and was like, oh, we we should have awesome games also. Like I don't. That was regarding the free to play. That was the free to play that 
the better the free to play game, the more people are going to actually yeah, buy into I, it. I, I, I guess it's. It, I guess it just amazes it's me that we're still, still... Kind of the same thing. Yeah, it's yeah, it's we're, a, we're... a duh move. Yeah, yeah, like how 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 do you get into that position and and like not know that it's? I I, I, I don't understand it, it. Like it's news. Yeah, I I really just think like it's not news. I think he's trying to like use it as kind of like a shield, like as like an excuse. No, but I, I, but, they have so little stuff, like so little coming out. I almost feel like though, like he's like he's in the shower in the morning, and all of a sudden he has one of those like epiphany moments where he's like, "Aha! Now I get it!" Like, <laughs> I, like how how did this should have been like a prerequisite? Like you should have been talking about in your job interview about how you want like awesome games and quality games, and we'll only have them on the Xbox. Like, how are you coming to this now? What at the end? At the end of the 360s life cycle, basically. Oh God! <laughs> I, I, you know, maybe I just want to think that the people that get these jobs are smart enough that like this. This is not a new thought for him. But you bring up a good point, and maybe it is. Maybe he really did think this was like a giant fucking epiphany. I I hope to God it was. <laughs> but you might be right. Maybe for him. Right. Another thing that he talked about was HD remakes, and he says, you know, Sony. Uh, you know they've done a. This is his quote: "They've done a great job of selling at selling old franchises with HD remakes." He says, "But uh, you know, Microsoft didn't want to sell gamers something they've already played, and this was the dumbest thing he said in this article." Don't they offer Xbox games for download on Xbox Live? They do. do. They. they they have, do. They've been selling them for years. They have been selling them for years, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> shut the fuck up, dude. Like, but all you're doing is you're offering them the old game, and you don't have to do any work. The HD remake, in, ter- in terms of business strategy, the HD remake is one of the smartest things that Sony it's did. Like printing money. It is, because when you have... I mean, first of all, you know, for example, uh, Shadow of the Colossus was an incredible game, Right? But how many people actually played it? Like, you know, and over the years, uh, people, more and more and more people have heard about, you know, Shadow of the Colossus, Ico, and how awesome it was. So, you know, they never got a chance to play it. Boom, HD remake. Now, all those people who were are interested in it get a chance to play it for cheaper. You know, it's not yeah, a game for 60 bucks. Game for 20 bucks, basically. Yeah. Exactly. And then on top of that, the people who played it before, like, yeah, that game was awesome. I'm going to play it again in HD. They buy it, too. Yeah, I, I have a PlayStation, and I will go out and buy, you know, Metal Gear, Metal Gear HD Remake or Ico and Shadow of the Classes, you know, HD. Like, I still own a PS2 with those games, and I would go out and buy those. Like, that's... That, yeah, it's printing money. Like it would be like making a Final Fantasy remake or something. You know, like updating a Final Fantasy VII or something. Like it'd be printing money. Exactly. I don't think, I don't think Square Enix would do it, but they would be printing money if they did. In my, in my opinion, the HD remake has killed any chance of backward compatibility in the future. With as much money, like as they as they're making on these right. HD remakes, backward right. compatibility is dead. Just hit the bullet. Yeah. Go ahead, Nick. <laughs> well, no, well, no. I was just gonna say. I mean, it's not. You're, you're, you're kind of eulogizing it, but it's it's still there in a way, and it's actually better for the consumer because you get it with those awesome graphics. I the first game, the first game I played when I got my nice new flat screen TV was I put back in Shadow of the Colossus and played that, and I stood next to the Colossus, and I was like the same size as it. I mean, it was you know fit within the screen, but like my shoulders were just as wide as the shoulders of the Colossus. It was very awesome. 
Oh yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not saying the HD remix is going away. I'm saying they're here to stay. Oh yeah, no, no, and I and I'm yeah. saying it's and I'm I'm not, I'm saying though like don't He's, lament, don't lament, yeah, don't, don't lament their loss. Because this. Not, this, yeah. this this is a good thing. I mean, the game is still there. Fundamentally, that's all we want is for the game to still be available, and it's still there, and they're making it better. They're improving it. They're not they're not just you know repackaging and it looks terrible. They're 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 making it better, and I like that. Yeah, yeah it's because they do make it better. Like it's one thing if you release a game and you're like, "Oh, this is the exact same fucking game that," he, but you can actually, no, you can play it on the on the system, right? It's okay, right? You know, like that's no. Let's not get to that point, guys. Like I, the industry does a lot of things that are weird and wrong, like digital pricing and stuff like that. Let's not get to the point where we're just like, "Yeah, here's you know the God of War three remake or you know God of War remake," and it nothing has changed. You know, you didn't do anything to it. Like, don't do that. <laughs> like don't do that like two generations from now don't release that and be like yeah it's the same game you know i was i was gonna say doesn't this mean we'll see the 3d remake kill the hd remake but then i'm thinking like nintendo's already doing that on the 3ds so yeah they're, they're, they're getting started with it i know next month jack and daxter hd collection comes out i'm buying it and i'm looking at all three jack and daxter games in my rack right now <laughs> you know what i'm saying so yep. Yeah, I mean, like, this, for, oh, we're not planning on selling remastered series. Dude, that's that's a terrible mistake. Like, there's tons of games. Like, yo, if Microsoft came out with an HD remake for Crimson Skies, I'd be all over that. If if And this is funny, too, because, like, even if they would come out with, like, an HD remake of, like, Jade Empire. Oh, yeah. I, I love that game, really. Like, I know a lot of people have a problem with it, but I like that game. And where is it, you know, where's that game now? You know, we've heard about whispers of remake, you know, like sequels and stuff like that. It never happened, mm-hmm. and they've obviously moved beyond that. Re-release that shit. Like they have games in their backlog that they can re-release and as HD remakes, and and it, and it'd be great. You wouldn't, you, you know, but like that's not their focus. Their focus is obviously elsewhere. Their their focus is on Connect. Their focus is on you know, TV on you know on on 360 basically. Uh, you, they just—it's just silly to talk about like you know stuff like that. Like it's a bad thing. Can can we get Jade Empire with voice commands? <laughs> oh, oh, oh God, let's see how that happens in Mass Effect first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, moving on to our next Microsoft topic, uh, Microsoft—it looks like they will be getting rid of the MS points by the end of the year. Um, which you know what? Before these articles started coming out for this, I kind of suspected it only because. I was actually, uh, I was talking with somebody and they were saying, yeah, you know, the house party, the Microsoft house party or the Xbox Live house party in February, if you get all the games, you get that rebate for 800 Microsoft points, but you have to use it by the end of the year. And I was wondering, I was like, well, that's, that's kind of strange that they will limit how long you have to use your Microsoft points. And then like a day later, boom, this news comes out, uh, which hasn't been confirmed by Microsoft, but right. apparently... Some developers are saying they're getting notifications from Microsoft on the changes that's going to take place next year and how they should deal with it. Um, now, I have to say that this really doesn't have to deal, do, do with the Xbox, per se. Um, but since they're going to spread Xbox Live as a service across you know, desktop, Xbox, and mobile, it's, kinda go- it's, gonna be like their, it's gonna be their iTunes, pretty much, it, it looks like. That's what it looks like in terms of uh, games. Right, it simply makes sense to have a unified format, and that unified format really shouldn't be points because yeah. people put up with it on a console, but they're not going to put up with it on, you know, computer or on a phone. Yeah, it's going to be cash basically. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of in line with well, what we see everybody else do. You know, well, Sony, uh, Apple. Like, I think it's mainly for the, the whole mobile thing. Like, you know, when p- people, you know, if they go to buy a game, you say the game's 80 points. Apple's like, well, what does that mean? You know? Yeah, fucking conversions and shit. It's like, yeah. I have 245. I don't know how much money I'm spending. Fuck that. I'm not buying it. You know? Like, like 80 points what? is a dollar? Really? You know, like, wasn't that the point though to not know how much you were spending? Oh yeah, of course it was. Of course it was the point. <laughs> but any 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 person who buys points, like the first or second time you buy points, you realize what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like you yeah, know, that's what you tell your parents, like, oh, I need to I need to buy eighty points, or I need to buy sixteen hundred points, and they're like. You know, you just got them for $20 or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, like you get, you get the point breakdown is very easy. I, I do know people who complained about the point breakdown and I was just like, really? I mean, like, it's a dollar per, it's 80, 80 points for a dollar. It, it is easy, but it would have been a hell of a lot easier if it was a dollar for a hundred points, but yeah. that would have been like, like I've been too easy. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's so you are confused. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's really not, not, nothing much on that, but they, that yeah, that it is... pay for cents. Uh, you know, it'd be nice if they would just come out and say like, yeah, it's changing. We want it to be easier for you. God yep. forbid they do that; it'll just change. No, no, they they have been really tight lipped about everything. You know, and, except and... making fun of other people who are doing things more right than they are. Exactly. Um, but uh. You know, they've been actually kind of tight-lipped regarding the next Xbox, which is going to bring us to next box rumor palooza 2012. That's what that's where we are right now for our last topic on the on this uh, mash cast number 37. Uh, so let's start from the beginning. A uh, couple of uh, different media outlets. I, the first place I read it was Develop Online, but then IGN started coming out with some information. Uh, but the first rumors that were coming out. Uh, and actually, the whole thing started on uh, from tech blogs like Fudzilla and and Semi Accurate, and the initial reports of that, you know, Microsoft or not Microsoft, but the the companies that produce the chipset for Microsoft or the next Xbox have started producing chips for development kits. And the word on the street originally was that the that the GPU was based off of the AMD's 7000 series uh, Southern Islands GPU. Okay. So that was the the first, you know, rumors that were going around. And when I heard that, I'm like, um, I can see that. But at the same time, like, by the time the Xbox actually comes out, I mean, the seven, it's not that the 7000 series wouldn't, uh, you know, still be relevant. But I would think Microsoft would want to come out at the top. You know what I'm saying? That's why the Xbox 360 did so well because it came like when it came out, it was on par with PC gaming. You know, now shortly after that, PC gaming surpassed it, but it had already hooked so many gamers in. Like I, I know so many people that were hardcore PC gamers, and then when the 360 came out, they were like, well. Now the games, the, the graphics are the same, and it's easier it's to less play. To worry about, yeah, you, you know, know. well, not so easy to play, but you know, it's, it's it is less to worry about. Like no system upkeep, you know, less bugs. Well, that didn't last for too long, but you know, uh, that was one of the reasons. So there were a whole bunch of pluses to it. Um, 
And that's how, that's how I think that is one of the reasons why the Xbox 360 and in turn the PS3 um, had such a larger base than coming off of the PS2 and the Xbox. Uh, but uh, IGN reported a little bit after that saying that the next Xbox will not use the 7000 series. According to their sources, it's going to use the 6000 series, which is it a got worse yeah which is akin to the 6670 and i was like 66 that's that can't be right that can't be right 6670 6670 is a budget card like in my system i have 6970s and i bought those last year you know like when i heard 60 i was like no there there is i cannot I, i i refuse to believe that Microsoft is so short, uh, short-sighted. Like, I'm not saying that. Like, I can't believe Microsoft is doing this. I can't believe that these reports are right. <laughs> like that, I, I literally cannot believe that Microsoft is going to take a budget. Well, even though it's it's not exactly the 6670, it's not that card specifically. Like, actually, I, all over the place, I've seen pictures of the card and saying this is going to be in your next Xbox. And I'm like, no, it's not. But you know, it's, it's no, call him by name. Who, who, who are you so upset that you saw that on that? Okay. They were like this, this is what's going to happen. Rage, rage, rage. Okay. Do it. Rage. Do it. Yeah, just, right, right, just, right, I'm doing it. Okay. Me and Nick were talking, right? <laughs> like, and I was so angry because I, I was like, I was like a little upset that this is being reported as fact. First of all, so, but then I, you know, I read a report. Like I think it was definitely joystick. It was definitely joystick. I read where, as opposed to saying rumor, like this is rumored, they straight up said, "Report, this is going." You know, next Xbox will launch. You know, October, November thirteen with this graphics card, and they showed they showed the card, and I was just like, "How? How is this game? How is this journalism?" You know what I'm saying? Like. This is joystick. You know, you are owned by AOL. You're supposed to be a news site, but you're reporting a rumor as news. Like, this has not been confirmed by Microsoft at all. Microsoft is being very quiet about it. And the thing is, like, I think the thing that hurt, kind of hurt me the most is that they did no research on it. Like, actually, Katie from our site did more research on it than they did. Because, you know, they're saying, oh, yeah, it's going to be, you know, six times more powerful than the Xbox 360 and 20% greater uh, support, you know, performance than the Wii U. Okay, okay. And here's where I'm going to take a break right here. Because my GTX 570 in my computer right now that I just got last year, like, to say it blows the doors off the 6670 is understating it. Oh, like yeah. it melts the 6670 by looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> so for I, I know that outlets are going to spin stuff. I know you guys are because it's it's journalism in general, but it's really kind of like PR. You're gonna spin stuff, but stop fucking lying to people this is as bad as trailers stop fucking lying to people and telling them that like oh man it's so powerful it's got raw graphics horsepower which is the buzzword that jared hated who the fuck said that (laughs) you know that pissed me off when i read that xbox 360 is gonna have raw graphics horsepower like they're talking about everything have raw graphics horsepower exactly they're acting like they were talking about a ferrari when you're you're talking more about an acura and by the time (laughs) yo by the time the new xbox comes out that shit will be like a nissan sentra you know what i'm saying like (laughs) like this is this is not good news 
You know, they're taking it and saying, oh, yeah, this thing's going to be so powerful. It's six times more powerful than the Xbox 360. But I'm like, dude, I don't even know if that can play Battlefield 3 at 60 frames per second. It can't. It <laughs> can't. <laughs> like, I, I, no. I mean, like, that's just, it's just like, wow. You know what? There's a lot of talk about how, I, I'm, I'm only going to interrupt you for real quick and you can go back to what you were saying. But, uh there's a lot of talk. There's been a lot of talk, and we always shoot it down. We always fight in the, in, in support of, of you know game industry consoles, yada yada yada, because you know they're always saying that like game consoles are over on live, iOS, Android, smartphones, tablets, blah 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 blah, whatever the hell you want to talk about. And they always say that like consoles are going away because that stuff is is going to overtake it. And we always say bullshit. We always do. Like we have the mash cast here have a very clear sense of how the world works <laughs> and not because you know that stuff is completely invalid but because you know it consoles fill a specific need consoles stop filling that need when you go to your next generation quote unquote and your next generation is like a half a generation like behind, behind it's already powered right now in computers like you you're invalidating yourself that is what will make consoles go away. Stop fucking hurting yourself. Although, I will say, like you said, they're not saying, they haven't said anything. They haven't confirmed anything. And we talked about last year how there were chips were going to production and all this and that, and it was going to be ready to show off at E3. And obviously, like, well, they're saying now it may be done by the end of you know this year. So it could be all bullshit. You know, it could just be the rumor mode getting going again. But... That's what'll invalidate consoles. I hope to God that doesn't happen. I'm not even necessarily like, oh man, I'm so hyped for the next Xbox. But don't, don't fucking hurt yourself. Don't shoot yourself in the foot because you're trying to make a budget console. The thing better come down a hundred dollars then. Oh yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I don't think like I, I can't be mad at Microsoft until they say yes, this is what we're doing. And the only reason I think this could possibly happen is, like I said earlier, they are definitely trying to move toward a more family-centric device, and they want the Xbox to be your media center. So they may be trying to come in at a cheaper price point, possibly, but until they actually say that and say this is the car, that this is the chips that we put in, I refuse to believe it because I just can't believe the brands at Microsoft think this is a good idea. That their engineers are like, yeah, 6670, fucking yeah, we can do that. No, no, that's a terrible idea. Like I said earlier, the reason the Xbox 360 took off as well as it did is because it took a, a good chunk of the PC audience and got them playing a console again. You know what I'm saying? It had the advantages of playing a PC because you had the internet and Xbox Live and the updates and all that jazz. But people still do care about graphics and performance you know that's what pc like right now is still on an upswing because of engines like crytek 3 and uh frostbite 2 that look phenomenal you know i just refuse to believe that microsoft would go through with putting something like a radeon hd 6670 which is a budget card you don't put a budget card into your 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 flagship console i have i have a half-formed thought and, and, and maybe you can help me flesh this out um, because we, we know certain – well, I, I, yeah, we know certain facts about the next coming, not just the next Xbox, but the, but Windows 8. And, and one of those is that Windows 8 is going to be able to play Xbox games. And so you just pointed out, you said that, that 
you know, the, the PC is going to crush the Xbox. The PC gamers are, are going to play, the, you know, the, 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 they, they'll have all the graphics they want on their PC. They're not going to care about the Xbox. But what if that doesn't matter because they're, Microsoft is playing on saying, hey, you want these great graphics? You take, you take this Xbox game, you put it in your Windows 8 machine with an HDMI out that you can plug right into your TV, and there's your great graphics. And for everybody else who just wants to be able to play Dance Central on their Kinect, no offense, Rob, and... <laughs> and enjoy you know the experience with 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 mediocre graphics i mean for basically the wii u audience that microsoft can out trump that be like oh hey we're the wii u but better and and sort of have their cake and eat it too in both ways but you can't though because if you if you have that budget chip in your in your xbox and those same games are going to be able to be played on the computer the same games you can't develop that game and make it usable for something that it melts but, but, but isn't that isn't that sort of the goal of direct direct x11 to be able to sort of you know the real direct x in general is to be able right, to sort of take it, yeah. uh, you know t- you know take take a, you know graphics and sort of implement them across the hardware and, and yes the, you know you'll get the the high res packs you'll get the fancy graphics on your your smoking computer because we know you have this hardware and you care about it but why does <sighs> microsoft have to be the ones to actually put that in the console if by and large the general public doesn't need that but you know what by and large they've never needed it Exactly. Yeah. So why is so why would Microsoft? It's always you know, why, is, why are they catering to the smaller audience? People do eventually care though. Like they may not care when you tell them what it, it what's in it. You you could you could spout off all the numbers you want. You could tell them it's a seven thousand you know island series you know the, like Toe Jam whatever Toe Jam and Earl card and the people are like are just gonna look at you and be like oh, okay you know because that's the average person. But they care when they see it on a screen. They care when they see what it can do on a screen. And, and as much as I, I am totally a proponent of gameplay mattering more than graphics, and you know I would love to see better AI and stuff like that in processing, graphics matter. And, they ma- and it matters a lot more, I think, to like, a general just random audience. People are amazed when you show them a football game that looks like a football game. No, you're, 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 enti- you're entirely right, but when they're competing with the... With the Wii U, I mean, the Wii U lowered the bar so much, Microsoft can just step over it. <laughs> yeah, but but, they, they can the, step over it. But if you step over, but if you make it so, but if you raise that bar even to just where it kind of should be, and at least get a card that right now is decent, and that two years from now is going to cost you even less to put in your system, and you set that bar just where it really where it should be without making it super expensive or, or super crazy, and you've and you've and you've done more than just step over them, like you've crushed them under your foot. You've you've eliminated them completely. All you've done now is you've made Wii U still sort of relevant. relevant. Yeah. And I mean, like, if they if they're gonna lower the bar in the whole next gen period, then that's fine. You know, because it does put them all on the same on the same ballpark. Because yeah, it lowered the bar, but it, that shouldn't be the goal. Is just to make. It like I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying it should, but I think if you're Sony, you're you're, you're jumping up and down with glee right now because oh, yeah, you're, 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 <laughs> if it's true, on here, you've got you've got the next, you've won the next generation war already. But that's the thing. Like, I don't think Microsoft is going to leave that door wide open for Sony. Sony is yeah. on their heels right now. Yeah, and, and and just launching ahead of them. Like, if you launch a year ahead of them, like we use launching ahead of you, and obviously that may not matter. So I don't think that no, I don't think that they're stupid enough to leave that door open unless they do something so different, so radical that the graphics card doesn't matter. We, we just established they're stupid enough not to know that good games are what you need for your console. <laughs> 
I mean, you know what? I throw my hands up. No, it's a tired thing. You win. You win. You're right. We did establish that. Yeah, I mean, it depends what they want to go for. If they want to go for an affordable unit, like if they want to come in at like 200 bucks, you know, that's one thing. But I don't think so. I mean, people expect new consoles to be $400, you know? You know, so Sony tried the $500 thing, didn't work out too well. So right. <laughs> I think the the happy medium is $400 and the like despite the economy, people are still paying for expensive product. I mean, look how many people are buying up iPads, iPad 2s. How popular Apple is and Apple yeah. charges you out the ass for shit that you can get technically at cheaper yeah. prices that are still good, you know, still good product otherwise, but people Apple in their brains is worth more. Exactly. That you spent five, you, or I'm sorry, not even five, five hundred dollars for an iPad is that's actually pretty good. You spend eight that eight hundred to a thousand dollars on an iPad, and and call it a success, you know. So yeah, people are willing to pay. Exactly. Like I said, I can't even, I can't, I can't, you know, direct my anger at at Microsoft yet because like I I, I just don't believe that this is gonna be. The chipset, it's not good enough, in my opinion, to be a next-gen console. A next-gen console should be, should at the very least stand up to my PC right now. And this does not. And this doesn't. If, if, it's not if, that hard to stand up to it right now. It's not that expensive to stand up to it. And like I said, two years from now, it'll be almost, you know, the easy budget almost, in a yeah, way. Exactly. If, if, if I can go back to my half my half completed thought it's not even half completed but I, I just feel like there's a lot of information about that that's floating around I feel like we have the puzzle pieces and we can put this together and figure this out because it was I think two weeks ago it was somebody from on live who said one of the ne- one of the console makers is bowing out and and, and, and as I mentioned we know, we know that Windows 8 is going to be able to play Xbox games and I I almost wonder if there is no next Xbox. It's just some glorified PC or something along those lines. Maybe, you know, maybe they're, they really are going wholehearted to be cloud, cloud, cloud gaming. I don't know how to fit. I feel like we have the pieces. I don't know how to fit them together in a way that makes sense. That, you, you know what? I, I'm not, I'm, I, I disagree. I don't think that that's the case, but let's, let's go there for a second because, okay. What if it's not actually bowing out? What if it's something that's just different enough that it doesn't even look like a console? You, you, all you need is a 6670 because it's more of a media center. It's more about streaming things, not necessarily cloud gaming or anything like that. But you know, you can still have decent looking games. Games are good enough looking that, you know, the gamers that you're after, whoever they, they're still gonna be like, ooh, wow, you know, all the stuff that you want. But the, 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 the crux is your entertainment. You know, there is a next connect or something that goes with it. You know, there is something that it's just that the entertainment part of it goes so far beyond the gaming part of it that it doesn't matter and then you can sell it for $250. What if the what if the next Xbox does come out at 250 bucks because of that budget chip? Or not even because of it, but because that's that's where they're going, but the entertainment options it offers are so crazy that or at least so good and so widespread and hit so many hit so many markers that $250 like holy shit like that's the best deal on the planet. And, and and you don't even have to use it to play games. You know, it's kind of like what Sony has done, you know, for basically like two generations. You have the PS2 come out and it's expensive, but it plays DVDs. It was like the, like the big first DVD player. Yeah, PS3 come out. It's like the like the big first, like the most, you know, cost effective Blu-ray player, but it also plays games. Like what if Xbox is going a step beyond that? What if you're right? Well, I would cry. 
<laughs> I, I, w- I wouldn't necessarily shed any tears necessarily, but it does change the landscape a lot. It's, well, it's yeah, not I mean, a console race anymore. Well, that's in the, a way. Well, the thing is, Sony would definitely take the the seat as undisputed champion again because I mean, I Nintendo, in my opinion, is not in the way. Is not in the race because they, it's clear that they don't. If 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 Xbox does that though, they're almost stepping out of the race. I yeah. mean, like I I mean, still still considering like it's already still more powerful than the Wii U, just on the projections yeah. gives it more weight that like whatever games they do put out are going to be better than Wii U. But, in terms of graphics, yeah, right. In terms of graphics, but you know, Wii U's got Mario. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, they've got they've got first party. That's what I really mean to say. Well, but, yeah, Nintendo like, Nintendo rocks first party, but you know now you know with them coming out with. It, with the with the Wii U being more graphic intensive, they are attracting other developers that wouldn't even talk to them before. Like Epic Games, like is, is right. interesting in dealing with them now. So what you know, like what if like Nick is right? What if this is basically Xbox bowing out? They're not ever going to say they're bowing out, but when it comes when you know when it becomes readily apparent that they are bowing out as far as being dedicated a console, you know, like Sony may take the crown as undisputed champion, but like. Wii U now is still in a fight, and it's a two, and it's a, now it's a two-party fight. Now you're back in like the 1990s with like Sega and Nintendo, kind of. Yeah, but I think they're at that point they're going after such different markets because Sony's still catering to the gamers, and and the Wii U is is that's the family console. That is the family console. And so, it is. That, so, so yeah, so it's... now you actually have Wii U and Xbox, even though Xbox isn't a console, still fighting over the same people, and Sony just waltzes right in and steals your girlfriend or whatever. <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, like, if if they did something like that, they it would definitely be them leaving, leaving the console war. Because in my opinion, it's not really a a, a console anymore. It's just a media center. You know? I just unless they just see that 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 market is so vast, like they're saying, like like that the market's so, you know, the market's so different and so big and so wide open that they feel like they're not losing anything by like shifting out. But like, I would see like I would see if like Wii U went that route. Because, like, you know, you did really well in the last generation, but, like, it's kind of apparent, you know, that you're not so popular with the core gamers anymore. So then you go even further in the other direction. Like, you have a reason to do that. But, like, Xbox, like, Xbox was arguably the most popular console of this generation. Oh, Xbox won this console war. This this console war is over. Like, as far as numbers (laughs) and stuff, yeah. Like, it's not, like, you know, you can talk about exclusives and stuff, but, like, when it comes to, like, basically hard numbers and core gamers, like, Xbox is, like, was the champ. So... Why would you bow out of that? You know, like you could still like, but if you have like one system that's like this, what if we're only hearing about one system? What if we're only hearing about one version of the system, and another system actually does have a different graphics card? Right. What if like, what if next like Windows to to console ideas is actually go even a step further and say that there's this budget kind of Xbox that's entertainment based? Then you're gonna hear about something later that's got got something that's equals up to this right now in you know in computing as far as like graphics power. And then you have the ability for all of them to be cross-platform, or more or less, not really cross-platform, but to play games on all of them. I mean, it's a possibility. I mean, at this point, anything's a possibility because I don't believe this shit. And yeah, I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't, I don't believe it's as like yeah, I don't believe it's that transparent. I don't yeah. think that they're that that stupid. But Even I, if you have one guy who thinks that, you know has an epiphany in the shower in the morning. Yeah. I don't think that like everybody in the company is like, yeah, that's a fucking great idea. Like there has to be one guy who stands up as like, are you all fucking retarded? And, <laughs> and like flips over a table or something like somebody has to. So yeah. this is what happens when Bill Gates leaves Microsoft. 
Yeah. God. <laughs> uh, they, I, I, my biggest problem with this whole thing was just how it was handled in the game's media. It was embarrassing. Like, you know... Let's be honest. Game, games media can be pretty embarrassing. This so. is embarrassing. Like, are you serious? Like, you're not even going to do any type of digging? Like, okay, I know Microsoft is not going to give, it's not as being tight up to about they're not saying anything. Them. Yeah, you're not going to pick up a phone and call them and they're going to say, but yeah, sh- that's totally happening. You can't even look to see what that card is. Like, you know, you, like what, like what, that, what, what else is out around to see, to gauge it against other, other cards. Cause console gamers are probably like 6670. It has DirectX 11 and 1080p HD. All right. You and know, it's 3d. Oh my God. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, that, that probably sounds great to them, but I looked at it, I was like, meh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, I mean, and, and like you said, like, Katie did more research. Like, I mean, she was, you know, she was like, it's an $80 card. Like, yeah. it's an $80 card that's going to be even cheaper, and they can get it even cheaper because they're going to be buying it in bulk to put in systems. Yeah. Like, you're pay if you end up paying $500, like, you better know that you're paying for something that costs, you know, you could put together in a PC for, like, 300 or something. Exactly. And the funny thing is, like, you know, I guess, you know, 1080p games, like, you know, sound great, which actually the, Microsoft, the, the the Xbox, I think right now, the bulk of their game, the bulk of the games go up to 1080i. Right. But, like, you know, just to, just to tell you where we're at right now, if you don't know, like, I play every game at 1080p. Yeah, and it's it, like an expectation. It, it's not... I play it at 60 frames per second. Most 1080 games on the Xbox play at 30 frames, and then they, they drop frames while you're playing. I play 1080p games at 60 frames per second. And this is the card, and my card's going to be obsolete by the time the new Xbox comes out. So just think about that. That's why I refuse to believe that Microsoft is actually going to put this card into their consoles. Unless it's going to be a, a very uh, like a, a really low-budget version. But the thing is, I I don't think they're going... The, in terms of chipset, it will be bad for them to put two different chipsets into two different consoles. That's because true. that creates a huge headache for for publishers oh sorry for, for developers, developers yeah. and if sony's like all of our units are using the same chipset oh, <laughs> awesome. like, and yeah. then they go flocking to sony you know that's that's kind of how it goes or at least they develop primarily for sony and you know the sony gets the upper hand because that's how the xbox got the upper hand because even when the ps3 came out a lot of developers are developing primarily for the 360 and then working on their PS3 version. Develop for, and then they said, you know, like PS3 is hard to develop for. Like price is so prohibitive, people aren't even buying it. Game exactly. Newell was like, they they should start over. I mean, like <laughs> they, their relationship changed over time, but like they had to like get through a lot of hurdles. So yeah, they did. Like that's, exactly. And this is not the time to do something stupid. This is not time to get cocky. And that's you know that's what happened to Sony. Sony was on top, and they got cocky with the they PS3. They did. I mean, they had their president up there at the time saying like, "Well, you're gonna buy it." Like right. literally. I mean, like he was up there forgetting saying, what they did to the Jaguar. Right. <laughs> you know. And go ahead. No, I was gonna say, isn't the Xbox though like one of the few divisions with Microsoft that's still making money? It is. It is. So. If, if you're looking at them as not as a gaming company, but just as the the, the computing conglomerate that they are, they would want to leverage that against their other resources. So they might they might be sitting there and saying, "Oh, look, we won the console war this generation. Let's use this to make up for the fact that that Windows is is kind of flagging and and Office and is, is kind of flagging, and we we don't really have any other bread and butter at this point." And maybe that. They they did kind of take their eye off the prize because they're trying to save something that really can't be used to save them. 
But Microsoft yeah, isn't tanking true. like that. Like, I mean, ninety no, percent of the but, world's but computers this, are still are no, still Windows machines. No, no, in that regard, yes. But well, I mean, what are their cash cows? It's all licensing. I mean, it's all the Office licensing. That that that, that I mean, well, that's why they're trying to move that. off. Yeah, but that's what they're trying to move Office to the cloud, so that they can get a, a steady revenue stream. You know, MRR as opposed to they're being bump. preemptive for that. They're not losing on that yet. They're being they're, preemptive. Yeah, but that's yeah, but that's all that they that's all that they have. And and I, I have to wonder oh. if maybe they're they're not playing some kind of long longer game than what we're thinking about. No, dude, like you're not. I don't even know if you're taking into consideration that OE. Like, game, I don't think you're taking consideration OEM licensing that all of these different uh, PC manufacturers have. Um, you have licensing for server terminal server licensing. You have a lot of stuff that Microsoft can because that shit's not cheap. I mean, you you're talking about buying a um like a like a uh, like a business copy of Office. You're talking about dropping three, four hundred bucks per license, unless you get a volume license. And you're talking about more than that. I can see where Nick's saying what Nick's saying though, because even if they have all that licensing now, like if you don't expand, if you don't have something new, like at some point, like you know, people move on, stuff, you know, other stuff gets developed, other you know, people move on. You don't you don't pay licensing to somebody after a certain point because if you're not using their stuff anymore, so you want to develop like an aspect that is still going to bring in more money like down in the future is going to be is going to be still relevant still going to make you money so i i mean i guess i both of your points are you know makes that's what sense. i'm saying they're being preemptive they're not right. like sitting still with it so but but regardless like i mean as far as the system goes i mean like i i find it hard to say like they're playing a longer game because like it, it seems incredibly short-sighted actually if they were to do that in a way, yes, they're playing a longer game, but you're taking an incredible risk to play that longer game. Oh, it's a huge risk. It's a huge like, risk. Like you're 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 risking like it tanking all together, and now you've lost out on your division that's making you a lot of money. Period. Like, and maybe they're willing to take that risk. Maybe they don't even realize that they're taking it. They don't see it as that big of a risk. Like, maybe I, I just I don't know. But like to me, like if if it's apparent to me sitting here or us sitting here that like that's a huge risk to take, and that you could potentially lose everything for it. I would, I would think that they, there's enough people, there's enough people involved, enough people making money like that. They would realize that too. You know, that, that, that's, you know, that you can't do that. You can't forget who put you where you are, which is gamers. And if you go and you throw away your console and basically it's like, it's not a console anymore. You know, we ba- we barely pay lip service to games anymore. Then you you have thrown it away, but and my, that seems incredibly no, short sighted. But, but Microsoft's not gamers, and I think they've always viewed the Xbox as some kind of means to a further end. And maybe we're finally seeing them starting to progress in that direction. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. But I I don't I disagree. At least in that point, I I I think they are playing a longer game, but I don't think turning your xbox into something else is, is the way to do it uh, and that at well the thing at least is not so immediately well yeah that, like, this will be like hitting a brick wall like what they're doing right now it, it maybe i don't know maybe their plans run into this and this could all be correct but as you know like we said earlier they're definitely turning the xbox into a family device like they want everybody to be using the xbox like they want right, mom dad little sister teenage brother every they want everybody using the Xbox. They want it to be that futuristic device where you just talk to it. And you can watch your movies or you can actually play and do stuff. I mean, look at look at E3. Past two years. <laughs> you know, connect connectathon. And focusing on the family aspects and communicating with people, uh, you know, 
via video chat and stuff like that. So they're definitely trying to turn it into a more family experience, uh, more so than now. They're trying to transcend the console is what they're trying to do. But I don't know, like, right now, I, and they have to see it because we see it, but maybe we only see it because we're gamers. The Xbox is only big as it is because it's for gamers. You know what I'm saying? And with a branding like Xbox, if you try to switch that, the gamers are going to see that, go go to Sony, and then the people who they want to see it as an entertainment device... Or are still going to see it as a console. Are still going to see it as a console, yeah. I mean, like, so Microsoft has enough advertising power that they could they could leave that hurdle, but it just seems like really risky to do it at least at least to do it so immediately. You there? I think they yes, they gradually make that switch, and eventually, like Xboxes don't resemble what they resemble now. Yes, yep. but I don't think that they make that switch so hard and take such a fast you know hairpin turn right going into the next generation. Right, so well, you know, I'm waiting for more information on Microsoft before I rage even more because I have, I just have a really good feeling that Microsoft would be like, "This is the chipset," and it'll be something that's more acceptable, right? You know, so but we'll or maybe see. it was like, "Oh, let's float this rumor and see what people say." Yeah, they're listening to the Mashcast right now, like, "Oh, bad idea, guys." <laughs> they, they specifically well, wanted to hear Jarrett rage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's an it's an entertaining thing to hear, but maybe they floated that rumor and not have no intention of having that kind of a card in it, and you know, so they can come out a little bit later and be like, "Oh, are you guys kidding me? We got like eight thousand in there," and like have people be like, "Oh, see, they're great, yay, Microsoft," and like now they look like heroes and shit. Yeah. So Sony's Maybe that's out. the longer game. <laughs> uh, Sony's going out and buying all the cheap video cards they can because they're thinking we don't need a good uh, we don't need a good card for this console generation. <laughs> this is gonna suck. They're in the store and they're like, and they you know they they make an announcement like that they have a much better card it, and you just have like Hasrai dropping a bunch of graphics cards on the floor like God damn it. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so we'll see how that develops, but that's gonna bring us to the end of the show that little that segment went a little bit longer than <laughs> expected but you know we didn't even cover everything really we didn't we even cover everything stuff. but yeah actually i'm gonna be writing hopefully over the weekend i'll be writing up an editorial on if this if this is the case how sony can take back the core gamer i'm gonna give sony a game plan if this is the case they follow it they will succeed i promise money back guarantee <laughs> but um yeah, so uh, thanks for listening. As always, we, we definitely appreciate you guys listening every week. Uh, you can catch us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash smash those buttons. Uh, you can also catch the uh, podcast on iTunes, uh, which actually, last week I found a way to put the iTunes link in SoundCloud. So there you go, if you listen on a weekly basis. Um, but yeah, we're also on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash smash those buttons. We're on Twitter, which is twitter.com slash MTB site. Uh, you know, sometimes we do questions, not questions, but uh, co- a contest on Facebook and Twitter. And I would love to do contests. I, I love doing contests for you guys, but I got to see more fans. <laughs> I got to see more followers. So, you know, get your friends, get your moms and your dads. And I'm joking, but, you know, get, get, you know tell your friends about us. And, you know, give them the fan of the page, and I can guarantee you that we will have more contests and more free stuff for you guys. So there's a little bribery going on there. Yeah, I mean, we've already given away a lot of stuff already, and, you know, even without that. But we're giving it space, away to the but, same people, guys. Right. So, you know, we want to be able to give it away to more of you. I know that's probably sad for the people that are like, <laughs> dude, I just got like four games last year. But, you know, come on. 
Yeah. Everybody, everybody wants some of the sugar. Yeah. <laughs> as, as Kevin Butler would say, so everybody wants a, bit, a piece of the PlayStation sugar, except this is just the gaming sugar, period. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. And, uh, yeah, we will catch you guys. Actually, is anything important or good coming out next week, now that I think about it? Uh, Final Fantasy thirteen two is the end of this month, okay, which so. I think is next week. Yeah. So, hooray. Because, yeah, that's literally it. That's Tuesday. Yeah, that's so. pretty, yeah we're, so I guess we're starting to get the ball rolling again. So. Yeah, February, we start seeing more stuff. So. Cool. All right, so look forward to that, and we will catch you guys next week. Ta-ta. Have a good weekend.